The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi there, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show this afternoon. Are you feeling emotionally and physically exhausted or cynical? Well, burnout looks a lot like depression. But it's not a biological boogeyman that medication or simple stress management can cure. It's a disorder of hope and will that sucks the life out of competent, idealistic, hardworking people like yourself. And it will be an ongoing challenge for you to take your power back. Dr. Joan Borisenko is here for the fourth time today to talk to us about her 15th book, Fried, Why You Burn Out and How to Revive. Her view on burnout is a timely and groundbreaking work that straddles psychology, biology, and soul. So if you find yourself wondering what happened to your mighty mission, your powerful joy, and your enthusiastic energy, stay tuned to find out. Dr. Joan Borisenko has authored and co-authored several books, including the best-selling Minding the Body, Mending the Mind, and three other of her books, Your Soul's Compass, It's Not the End of the World, Developing Resilience in Times of Change, And Guilt is the Teacher, Love is the Lesson were all three topics of discussion on previous Authentic Living shows. You can find these in the archives. Today, Joan has a special mission to weave together biology, psychology, and spirituality in a credible and accessible way, which she does very well in her books. This all started for her because at the age of 10, she experienced six months of an alternate reality, what modern psychiatry would label a psychosis and an obsessive-compulsive disorder. But one day, while praying fervently for help, all fear and confusion parted to reveal a luminous reality of exquisite love, surpassing peace, and practical wisdom, and an almost instantaneous recovery. This journey birthed a lifelong fascination with healing, the roots of consciousness, and the realm of spirit. Later, she received a doctorate from Harvard Medical School, where she subsequently completed postdoctorate fellowships in cancer cell biology, psychoneuroimmunology, and behavioral medicine. And she uses all of her education and experience in combination with her understanding of spiritual awakening to bring us all closer to our own personal empowerment. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome, Joan, to the Authentic Living Show. Thanks again for coming back. You're welcome. Thank you for having me four times. And what a a beautiful introduction. Truly, um, I couldn't have done a better one myself. Thank (laughs) thank you you. so much, Andrea. I've been looking forward to our talk. Oh, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Well, so let's just get busy talking about this. Uh, Like other books, you've combined your research and clinical and personal experience along with spiritual insight. But this one had a little interesting twist. You also started with a Facebook dialogue. Can you tell us about what you learned? I mean, I know the whole book was what you learned in part from that, but just basically what you learned from that format. Well, you know, my Facebook community is a very interesting group. It's about three-quarters women and one-quarter men. A lot of people are therapists or interested in healing, but, you know, there were people in the services, uh, you know, a wide variety of people, and we are a community of inquiry. We ask interesting questions together and share experience. And first of all, what I realized is a lot of people are burned out. Because when I simply posed the question, who here is feeling burned out, I had a landslide of responses in about an hour. And we began to talk together about the nature of burnout, both at a spiritual and a psychological level. And, you know, as a licensed psychologist and as a researcher, you know, clearly I looked carefully through the research literature. I know a great deal about burnout. 
But what we all really want to know is what people's personal experience is of it. And it really, it really extended my view of what burnout is, which we'll go into the various parts of it. But here's the amazing thing, Andrea. I had a couple of fairy godmother and godfathers who showed up on my Facebook page. One is a woman by the name of Beverly Potter, who was actually, she's a psychologist and had been involved in some of the original research on burnout back in the 70s. And she said, okay, Joan, this is a topic that you really need to, uh, you know, really need to bring into the forefront. And she, she really gave me a wonderful overview of what was known and what was missing, including the spiritual aspect. So I give great thanks to Beverly Potter. And the second was a young man, um, and his name is David John Peckinpah. He's written a couple of books himself, and David gave me the title, Fried, because the working title was The Burnout Challenge, because it is a recurring challenge in your life to correct your course and stay present, uh, really present to yourself, present to relationship, uh, which to me is spirituality in action. And Fried is a much better title than the Burnout Challenge. So <laughs> I thank David and Beverly and the entire Facebook community. And we've been talking about this topic for really at this point going on three years. Wow. wow. This and many That's other beautiful. topics. One of the wonders of, of modern technology, but also one of the ways to tap into people's energy and to really join forces for to put forth a good idea. So that's exactly. great work. Yeah. Okay, you said two things in your introduction to the book that I think are very profound, that burning out reduces us to our smallest and most negative versions of ourselves, and that paradoxically, we often become burned out while trying to become the best and biggest of ourselves. So can you explain what you mean by that? Well, it's a huge paradox. And, you know, first of all, when you're burned out, let me say that there's, there are three scales. If you look at uh, there's a burnout inventory that was published at Berkeley by a woman by the name of Christina Maslach, who is, you know, the, really the, the person who's done most research or a great deal of the research in the field of burnout. And there are three different scales. So let me just go through those so that you get an idea of what your smallest self looks like as opposed to your largest self. And the three scales are these. One measures emotional exhaustion and physical depletion. A second measures what we in healthcare call compassion fatigue, and which the researchers call dehumanization, losing your capacity for compassion and empathy, growing cynical, getting snarky. And the third um, of the subscales is diminished function. So there you are, snarky, cynical, having no compassion, being emotionally exhausted, feeling so physically depleted that you're beginning or already have gotten ill. And the result is a tremendous negativity, loss of motivation, so that even if you're still doing your work, it's not coming from that flow part of yourself that's expanded it's coming from your hind brain, from the fear brain, from the, you know, from the part of you that's much more um, prone to conditioning and can't see so clearly. And that's what the small self looks like. Burnout feels like, to me, what I think of, Andrea, is all of a sudden, instead of seeing the joy in life, the possibilities in life, the love in life, what I see everywhere in front of me are the problems the difficulties, instead of seeing people with my heart, I see flaws. Um, I'm filled with judgment. I'm filled with negativity, and I don't think it's ever going to stop. So it's a very dire state to be in. And at its worst, it begins to look a lot like depression, and maybe we'll talk about that later because there are some distinguishing characteristics. Our most expanded self, you know, is that, that self, when we're in the flow state, we are capable of, of feeling free inside, not so much run by our past conditioning, so that we have a great clarity of mind 
uh, a great sense of possibility. And, of course, we're creative, we're adaptive, we're resilient. And in these times of shift, we really need to be in our most expanded sense of self as much as we can. I mean, most of us are not there all the time, but when you're in burnout, um, chances are you're not there uh, much or any of the time. So that's the essential difference. And if you say that when you're expanded, there's such a sense of connection. You know, I'm looking out out the window at the mountains, and and I feel quite expansive today and just loving the air and the quality of the air and the fragrance of the air and the colors of the flowers and the, you know, the softness of the light and all those things. Where I burned out, I wouldn't even notice that there was an outdoors. Like right. Saran wrap has been wrapped around the earth and, and you feel totally separate from it. So instead of connection, there's separation. Instead of awe and wonder, um, there's a sense of cynicism. The opposite of spirituality, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think of it like... Uh... I remember one time I lost a friend, a very dear friend, and I remember thinking that the sun was shining and it shouldn't be. Uh And I think of my burnout, and when I've had burnout, it has been about the sun feels like it shouldn't be shining and I should just ignore it (laughs) (laughs) because it's not right. If you even notice that it's shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, the early stages of burnout are all about overwork and being too busy, which most of us are. Uh, yeah. We live in a society where where everybody has too much information input, too much, uh, you know, too much email, too, too many phone calls, too many places, and we don't have that time to think back into ourselves, to mm-hmm. breathe, to be present. So we've lost a lot of the rhythm of life. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, burnout is more than just being busy because preferentially it afflicts people who have really good hearts, who have dreams and visions of making this world a better place. You know, years ago I came across a quote by Thomas Merton, who was a Christian mystic, uh, a Catholic in fact, who was quite universal uh, in his spirituality. But what he said is, you know, when, when you get into that state of trying to change the world, it's really easy to lose yourself. And Absolutely. this is a big paraphrase, but what happens is that your ego takes over. It's Absolutely. no longer spirit that's working through you as a channel, but you turn into a control freak and yep. you lose your connection. So let me, let me stop you right there. We'll come back and talk some more about how that shift change takes place in just a few minutes with John Borsinko. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. What it comes down to, ladies, is that dividing line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. 
tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And next week, they're going to be at a conference in San Francisco, and I will be there. So uh, come looking for me. And uh, we were talking to Joan Borsinko today about her book, Fried. And it's all about burnout, how we can, uh, how we do burnout, why we burn out, and how we can revive ourselves. And we just before the break, Joan, you were talking about a quote from Thomas Merton that I want to go back to and let you finish that. I had to cut you off. Yeah. I mean, essentially his point was this, that we have to be so careful because if, you know, he said if we strive to make an identity out of our work, then our ego gets in the way and we're no longer uh, really channeling through that divine energy, waiting for the spiritual guidance, but our ego gets in the way. So... You know, if I, if I were a Hindu, I would say that working without burning out is karma yoga and that all of us these days <laughs> need to be able to do that. How do we work in a, in a balanced way, honoring what we're doing while honoring ourselves? Because as soon as we start to forget our own self-care, what happens is we work harder and the output of our work uh, is no longer inspired. That's the thing. And that's the thing I think I forget over and over and over again. You cannot, uh, <laughs> you cannot serve spirit by sheer force and volume of work. You serve spirit by taking the times to rest, by dropping back, by having times for reflection, by having Sabbath, by taking vacations, mm-hmm. uh, by doing all you can really to live in a state of intense appreciation. And when that goes, um, the, whole, the whole house of cards tumbles. And that's what Merton was really trying to convey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think of being in, it, you serve spirit by being in spirit and let, serve it, let spirit serve itself <laughs> through yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've had this question asked of me about burnout, and so I'm going to ask it to you. Is it possible to burn out on something else besides work? I mean, Absolutely. Like- I think people burn out on parenting, and I think people are burning out now on, you know, on things like the American dream. There's so much polarity um, in our political system. There, you know... There are so, I'm not going to start getting into a political rift, <laughs> but there are so many ways we would all like things to be different. Uh-huh. And when we get stuck in the details, fighting with each other about them, rather than uniting to bring forth a society that serves the very basic needs of all people, people begin um, to get burned out because they lose hope. And yeah. 
what happens when you lose hope is that little by little, uh, you start to, to feel like a rat on a wheel or Sisyphus rolling a rock up a hill. And sure, it's possible to burn out like that. And I think, you know, very uh, working mothers burn out not just because of work, but because they have two jobs, uh, taking care of the kids and working, and they simply don't get enough time if they, you know, if they happen to have a partner or a spouse. There's rarely enough time with that person. And for working mothers, what the research says is, there's practically no time to be with other women. And because women women deal with stress <laughs> by bonding through what's called mm-hmm. the tend and befriend response, I think that's a, that kind of treadmill frequently burns women out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I hear people sometimes in therapy say, well, I'm just so done with that. I'm so over that. And when we start talking about what goes on with that, they have lost their empathy for that situation and all they can see are flaws and they are not able to be in the flow and they are emotionally exhausted with that particular thing. Other areas of their lives might be doing okay, but in that area, they're burned out. Exactly. But, you know, see, this is, this is the important thing about burnout. I, I think the real difference between burnout and depression uh, at least before you really hit the rocks. And, you know, the last, the final stages of burnout are depression. And um, your life has been so damaged that it takes a while to recover. I hope we'll be able to go through, like, the stages of depression, Andrea, just because if you catch it early, that's, you know, you can correct your course. Because burnout ultimately is about a course correction. It's about saying, hmm. I'm on the wrong track. What can I do to be back on track here? But, you know, while ultimately it looks like depression, there's a definite distinction, and you just brought that up. You said, well, you know, they're, they're fed up and they're, you know, can't see anything but difficulties in certain areas of their life, but okay in others. That's the difference between burnout and depression. If you're burned out and cynical at work, snarky toward your coworkers or a healthcare um, professional who's really uh, developing lack of empathy for patients, you may still be uh, relationally fun- functional in other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. With depression, it affects the whole of your life, not just your work life. So that that's the main difference. Burnout, at least in its early stages, is confined to certain situations where depression afflicts everything. Right, right, right. And I'm so glad you brought up the stages because that was going to be my next question. I do want to talk about that, and and we may start and stop with breaks. But, yeah, can you just kind of walk us through um, that driven to an ideal was the first of the stages. Can you just kind of walk us through some of that? Yeah, and you think about it. What is it to be driven by an ideal? Well, I know a lot about that. That's probably why I've burned out, you know, fairly spectacularly um, a couple of times in my career. And that is that what I do is more than a job for me. It's a calling. Uh, And I think a lot of people uh, really have a calling. They have a calling. I know body workers who have a tremendous calling. They They see somebody and they look at them and they know, that person could be so much happier and more functional if I could just correct their posture. Or <laughs> priests uh, are people with callings. I have a lot of friends uh, who are not priests, but um, they, you know, they have religious vocations of one sort or another. They're really prone to burnout. Teachers, people who really want to make a difference in this world. And that also has to do with activists of any kind. And right now, with the shift that we're experiencing, thank goodness there's a great deal of activism. But the amount of burnout in the ranks of activism is going to be large. So that's the first thing, that you're really driven toward an ideal, and therefore you're really willing to work hard on it. And the next stage of burnout is you really realize you're just working too hard. Maybe you haven't had a vacation in months. I know someone several people who haven't had a vacation in years. Mm -hmm. I have a 
friend of mine who realized, my goodness, she had to cancel Christmas. She needed to work. And wow. that's, that's the next thing. When you, when you begin to be able to look forward and backward and say, there's nothing in my life but work. It's eaten my life whole. And then you know you're in trouble. Because what cascades out of that, um, you know, like by the third stage of burnout, your self-care is going down the drain. And I know this well. I've been in this place where, you know, you realize, oh, gosh, I've had this, like, bum knee, something like that. And I've been meaning to go to the doctor for about three years now (laughs) or four years. And meanwhile, your knee is getting worse and worse, and what you've really needed is physical therapy. But you've ignored yourself, and you get to the point where, uh, it's starting to freeze up beyond what physical therapy might help. Or even something simple like going, going to the gym or taking a yoga class or having your teeth cleaned. Uh, it's just not possible. There's not time in your day. And this is what happens in burnout. Give your time away to work. You give it away to other people, and there's exactly nothing left for you. You take everything out of your own little pot of time. And without self-care. We all know this, you know, intellectually, put on your own oxygen mask first kind of thing. Without self-care, you can't really take good care of other people. But it's so true as it starts showing up as burnout. People don't appreciate you for working so hard, for being a martyr. They just like kind of wonder when the bitch moved into the household. Really? <laughs> it's like, where did you come from? Just go back to work and leave us alone. We were doing yeah. fine till you showed up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the lack of self-care does not help our relationships, and that's what we start to see, that there's a distance growing between ourselves and other people, um, and that's when we start to see the lack of empathy uh, coming in, we start to think, well, I'm working really hard. They need to do their thing. They need to leave me alone or pick up their slack or do whatever. And so you start to miss out on what's most important in life, and that causes your values to shift. And when your primary value becomes work and not relationships, when your primary value is work, and you lose the sense of what it is to appreciate this life that we've been given, you know that you're really on the wrong track. What also starts to happen now as burnout progresses along, and we'll have to come back to this after the break, is that our physical body really starts to take a big hit. Okay. All right. So we're progressing along the lines of uh, what it is like to burn out, and we're going to find out more about that and then find out a little bit more about what we can do about it. So stay tuned for more from Joan Borosinko. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Joan Borsinko about her wonderful book, Fried, Why You Burn Out and How to Revive. And uh, this, this burnout is not a respecter of person's place, temperament, personality, or, or uh, although there, as you say in your book, there are some temperaments and personalities that might be more prone to it. It is, it, you know, it's not about your clinical expertise or anything. Anyone can burn out. So we're, that's why we're talking about it today because there's so many of our listeners that are people who are driven to an ideal and uh, want to really talk about that some more. So just before the break, you were saying that uh, it begins to affect your physical body. It affects your physical body. And, you know, Andrea, we've known each other for a long time. And mm-hmm. you know that my field has, um, has been mind-body medicine, psychoneuroimmunology, first as a research scientist in the laboratory, looking at how stress affects immunity. And what we know with burnout is that, you know, although it's not caused just by stress, you can see it's a little bit different. It's that commitment to an ideal. It's going beyond um, what you're asked for. It's not even a generalized sense of stress. As we said, it can affect you in one area of your life, and if you change that area of your life, the rest of it can come into balance. But what, what burnout is, no matter what area of your life it occurs in, is incredibly stressful, amazingly stressful. And that takes a toll on your physical health. So we know that it, it certainly um, throws your immune system into a loop, uh, for a loop. Then, not only that, I have to say it makes you stupid. Stress makes you stupid because <laughs> you're not acting anymore from... Literally, only that 5% of your brain, I've just been with my friend Bruce Lipton, I'm full of his statistics, but, mm-hmm. you know, the 5% of your brain, which is about all that you exercise conscious choice with, the rest comes from subconscious patterning, uh, and that's good. I would hate to have to be conscious of driving again and every single little thing you have to do, because, you know, that's a program. But what happens is that it knocks out some of the conscious thought, and then, you know, you're running on unconscious programming of all sorts. And when the immune system goes out, when your native intelligence is reduced, you find that you also drive your body too hard. But here's the bottom line. Somewhere between um, 70 and 80 percent of the reason why people visit family practice docs is for uh, stress-related illness and feeling incredibly fatigued, headaches, backaches, uh, problems with infection, with autoimmune disease, with allergy, all related to immunity. And you begin to see much more of that. So I know when I'm burning out because I've got a couple of things. One of them is I used to think I had chronic fatigue syndrome. I, I was so fatigued for so many years, I kept going to the doctor, and I was told, well, you have some variant of this. And by the way, I'm not saying that chronic fatigue syndrome is stress and burnout. It's its own thing, and some people have it. But I didn't. What I had was burnout. 
and the incredible physical exhaustion that it produces. Plus, for me, um, an increased sense of inflammation that created an amazing achiness in my back and in my joints. Uh, I don't have that when I'm not burned out. And one of the ways I track my burnout level is how am I feeling physically? And when I start to feel that way, uh, and I used to explain it to people, it feels like somebody took my electrical cord like I was a refrigerator and somebody pulled a cord out of the wall and there's just nothing left. And someone says, well, can you do this? And I look at them and I said, I can't. I'm out of gas. I've got nothing left. Those are the kinds of physical, you know, things that can accompany burnout. And, yeah. it, you know, it gets, it gets serious. Yeah, it so, absolutely can. Yeah, so when that begins to happen, you know, you're starting to slide quickly now down through the remaining stages. Uh, and they, you know, without going through them all, you lose more and more perspective. And you start to feel emptier and emptier inside. And when people start to feel empty inside... When they start to really hurt inside, um, they can't really process what's going on with them. They just know they're miserable. What happens is it's just normal to try to make yourself feel better. And that's when people start to do stuff like, well, it might be emotional eating. It may be, um, you know, drinking too much. Lots of people will have, well, a glass of wine several nights a week. Well, when it starts to get to be like a half a bottle several nights a week, (laughs) You know, ah, it's there because you're trying to release your stress. Uh, And you have to watch out for that. And it can be not only substance abuse. It's just you try to make yourself feel better. So maybe you're looking for sexual relationships that are not appropriate or whatever it may be. But in other words, you've lost yourself. Your kind of reptilian brain, your hind brain is taking over doing what what it's been put there by nature to do, which is to try to bring you back to balance by things that increase your parasympathetic nervous system activity but may be incredibly unhealthy for yourself and for other people. So when you start to see some of that kick in, that's a really big warning sign. And finally, you know, burnout culminates in what my parents used to call having a nervous breakdown. And that is, you just get up one day and you just can't do it anymore. You're done. And you're, you know, you you may be collapsing physically or emotionally simply coming to a state of collapse and unable to put things into perspective. So that's, um, that's basically what it looks like. And it starts so simply just with, I want to help the world and I'm going to work really hard and do it. And it culminates and all, all, all of your functions, including that precious work function, crashing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that slow uh, uh, slide, as you put it, down into the, uh, the, the harder, more um, apparent, would, would seem to be apparent stages, we don't really notice because we're so in it, we can't really see it. Well, that's right. And so when other people, frequently, you know, a good friend will will tell you something like, hey, you are not in your best self, or what's going on with you? Um, What's happening? And I've had several good friends over the time in periods of burnout, you know, really say, look, we've got to sit down and have a talk because your life is not sustainable like this. The Joni that I'm looking at is not the Joni that I've grown to know and love. Something is way off in you. And what usually happens, unfortunately, is that you're so far into it, it's hard to listen to someone. You tend to say, well, you know, after this crisis is over, or after my child goes to first grade, or, you know, after the book is written, or whatever it is, but several times in my life, you know, and I, 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 I tell these stories in Fried, uh, I've actually let myself slide so far that I had to start over again. I, I left academia 
after a head-on collision that was brought on by burnout. I fell asleep at the wheel of a car, and I realized I've got to get out of here. Um, I don't know how to function in a healthy way in this particular setting. And then it happened again. I was running a school with my husband and a good friend, and I loved it. It was a school that trained people um, to be interspiritual guides. I love that, and I keep thinking maybe sometime, you know, later in my life I'll be able to do that. But there were a number of things, too many to go into. But suffice it to say that with my normal speaking schedule, with adding the school to it, and with adding the fact that I'm a person who's conflict-averse, and in a school there's going to be all kinds of stuff that comes up. I was not... my personality is really not suited to that, and all of it came together like the perfect storm. And what I had to do finally was let go of the school, which was sad. It was letting go of a dream. But, (laughs) you know, you get to a point sometimes when you say, I have to get out of this situation for my own good and those of others around me. But most of the time, it's not that serious, Andrea. If we catch it, you know, a little bit earlier... We can make mid-course corrections. And, uh, you know, the, the chief one, and this I had so much fun on Facebook, asking people, what do you do when you're out of juice? And I would say that for most people, it came down to really taking a good look at what you appreciate most, what most brings up the sense of joy, appreciation, gratitude, fun, being in the moment, and simply doing more of it. <laughs> I know that sounds so simplistic, but that's one thing that you can do immediately. But the other yeah. things are longer term. You need to, you know, really take some actual time. It's great. It's great if you can start at least with a weekend and go sit somewhere where you will be by yourself and where there's no email, there's no intrusion, and take stock. You know, where am I? What? What? What's the meaning of life to me? What's important? How did I get to this point? Begin to reflect on it. And, you know, we live in, in a society where there's not much emphasis on reflection, on contemplation, on taking time to see where you are in your life and taking time to constantly be mindful, be aware make the corrections you need so that you can live a life that's a pleasure for yourself and, and others. And out of that out of that pleasure, out of that um, you know, out of that sense of gratitude and appreciation for life, your best work comes. And then you've got some reserve so that when difficult circumstances happen, and they happen to all of us, and they're happening more right now because we're in these shift times. We need to say we have to have a reserve for being able to cope with those things. So it's not, people frequently think, well, you know, I'll recover from burnout when I can do everything and I'll have no extra minutes left. Everything's used. No, you need to leave yourself some time for being so that there's energy in your system for whatever it needs to come up, and you never feel like you're right on the edge of falling off a cliff because you can't do a single thing else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is hard for us to sort of prioritize ourselves into the picture there. Uh, That whole great illusion of sacrifice is one of those things that we just seem to hold on to, that somehow that, that idea makes us a better person. But actually, it just makes us a burned-out person. (laughs) It makes us a burned-out person. You know, um, I have to recommend another book. Publishers never enjoy this. But when we come back, I'm going to tell you about Wayne Muller's new book, as well as a little more about my book, Fried. Okay, great, great. We'll be back in just a minute with more from John Borsenko. Stay tuned. for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network. 
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment with Joan Borisinko. And uh, Joan had a book you wanted to introduce to us. And yes, then I want to I talk a little bit about Little Go. That, um, I truly enjoyed uh, well, I was well. I was uh, recovering from fried myself, enjoying a new book by Wayne Muller called "A Life of Being, Doing, and Having Enough." That's and, right. We interviewed him on the show about that very book, actually. Oh, I'm so glad, isn't he? He's like he he reminds me of my husband. He expresses himself in poetry. <laughs> I he love does, him. He's and he's also person. very very calm and soothing to listen yeah, to. Yeah, he so. is, and. You know, from, from Wayne, years ago, I learned a phrase that I've tried to take with me. It helps me not burn out so easily. And it calls, and, and the phrase is doing good badly when you let mm. yourself get burned out. That's what happens. And mm. so we want to we wanna really uh, avoid that. So Absolutely. I want to tell you a funny story, if I can, about Fried and the structure of the book. Okay, and go. That is that... You know, so I think spirit speaks to us in every possible way. And one of the funny things that sometimes happens to me when I write is that it, the computer does funny things. For example, Andrea, I was writing my second book, Guilt is the Teacher, Love is the Lesson, and I was mm-hmm. talking about healthy guilt. And I'm typing along, typing the word healthy guilt, and suddenly the computer springs into bold italics and goes from like 12-point print to 36-point print, oh and it prints out in front of me, instead of healthy guilt, heal thy guilt. Oh, wow. And, and so, I mean, that's it's very clever of spirit to do that. Yes, so, I think so. <laughs> so I had to pull away from that book and really do some personal work on guilt that I was carrying before I could authentically show up in that book. And for this book, Fried, a really interesting computer thing happened. Someone had said, why don't you try to dictate the book this time? You know, at least as a first draft. And I bought a program called Max Speech Dictate, which is a brilliant, brilliant program. And you speak into a microphone and the computer turns it into text. And so every time I'm, ty- I'm typing the working title of the book, The Burnout Challenge, every time I say it, the computer types out the Inferno Challenge instead. <laughs> and finally, about like the third time into this, I'm thinking, this computer is not changing its mind. It will not learn the word burnout. It insists on, on typing Inferno instead of burnout. So I went 
I googled Dante Alighieri, the Divine Comedy, because it's the Inferno. Uh, and, of course, it's three parts. It's the Inferno, then the Purgatorio, then the, the Paradiso. And it was the best teaching I ever had. I'd like to become a Dante scholar. You know, wow. he, it was, that's the structure of the book, Burnout, You Start in the Inferno. And what he says, you know, the first canto of the Inferno, this great, great poem, uh, three-part poem he wrote, he says, you know, somewhere in, in midlife, he entered a dark wood and realized he'd gone off the beaten track and he'd been so asleep he didn't even know how he'd gotten there. And I thought, yep, that's exactly what happens. It sneaks up on you and you realize you're asleep at the wheel of your life and you don't know how it happened. Yep. Next, you know, I'm making this wonderful poem um, in one minute here, but the next stop is the purgatorio. And, you know, purgatorio comes from the word purge. And it's a time that you really sit with yourself and you look at all of the habits of your mind and belief and thinking that have gotten you off the, off the right track um, and into the inferno to start with. And I could identify those. You know, he, he talks about the seven deadly sins. And so did, remember, um, in the Wayne Muller book, Wayne has a beautiful riff on the seven deadly sins. Yep, How we really think, you know, like pride. I can do this. I can, I can, I can, I can work until I drop. I can make this happen. You don't think of that as pride, but it really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And I began to look at those in a new light. And then finally, the Divine Comedy is a comedy because it's in the shape of a smile. That's the arc of the story. It goes down to the inferno. You go through the level ground of the purgatorio where you rest and reflect, and you come out again into Paradiso because your point of view is now totally changed. And this is the promise that I've made myself, that I really want to live in the Paradiso, that our, you know, our world, for all of the difficulties in it, is kind of a Thich Nhat Hanish point of view. It's beautiful. Um, there's always things of beauty, even in the midst of, of sorrow. And to be able to look and say, am I orienting to that beauty? Can I work with the sorrow? Of course, you don't deny it. But can I still appreciate the beauty of the day? Can I look at a stranger and see something beyond any kind of projection or judgment? And I use that state of heaven on earth truly as, as an indicator of where I am. Am I filled with life? Am I filled with spirit? Or am I closed off and burning out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really is that internal reflection that helps us to see that. Unless we have a friend that says what your friend said, hey, hey, come on, let's sit down and talk about this. We have to look inside and see what, what's missing. And when it starts to feel dry and, you know, kind of like a wasteland, we, there's a problem. There's definitely a problem. Life is meant to be juicy. It's not meant to be a wasteland. You know, Mm -hmm. particularly when most of us who are burned out are, you know, we're fortunate. We're not, thank God, in a concentration camp somewhere or living through a a war. Uh, But the war is within inside ourselves. And as you started at the beginning of our interview, with this great paradox, we're trying to work from our higher self, our most expansive self, and we end up, you know, kind of a shadow of what we were in our most negative small self. So I hope in these, <laughs> I hope in these coming times we can stay juicy because we're going to need that juice to reshape this world in a good way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joan, for being on the show today. I've so enjoyed being able to talk with you again. And next week, we're going to have a special encore presentation from Marianne Williamson's discussion of her latest book, A Course in Weight Loss. You don't want to miss that one. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.